Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Good morning, everybody. I trust and pray everyone is having a great Sunday morning. We have a lot of things going on here at the campus today. Classes are, the classes are in full session. All of our students, children, they are, they are having their time of, of togetherness and in the Word. And I'm just glad that you're here today. And uh, if you don't mind, let's just stand. We, I just feel led to, let's start this day out with prayer. And we're going to get into the teach word, taught word of God. And we start a new, uh, a new series today and a new quarter. And I'm excited to teach what the Lord has given uh, for this day. And it's so good to see all of you. Why don't we join together and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray today that you would anoint every heart. Lord, I pray that as we open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us, Lord, that the word as seed would be planted into the heart of every life today. And Lord, may you do what you have called us and called for this day to to yield the results, God, that are in your hands, God. Some plant, some water, but God, you give the increase And I pray right now in Jesus' name you would anoint the teaching of the word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Before you're seated, why don't you just turn around and greet someone at your level of comfortability. Smile, shake hands, fist bump, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Awesome. Feels good in the house. Brother Brent Lewis, it's good to have you in the house of the Lord today. We're honored that you are with us today. We just, he and I tag team yesterday and we double knotted Cameron and Lindsay. We tied the knot and we're, we believe for a lasting and a fulfilled godly marriage. And they're often on their journey, on their honeymoon today. So we want to remember Cameron and Lindsay in prayer. Nick and Abby, it's so good to have you. Just moved here from Virginia. We welcome you to the house of the Lord as well. You moved to the greatest city in all of Alabama. We feel that way. We feel. And you come to the greatest church in all of Hartsville, and I'll just say North Alabama. We ought to feel that way about our church. We ought to feel that this is the place I want to raise my family and grow in the admonition of the Lord, and that's what we want to do today. Uh, I'm very rarely here in the 10 o'clock hour, but I am going to kick off uh, this series of lessons and the first lesson of our uh, this quarter that we're in. And today's lesson is going to be titled, The Authority to Forgive. Our focus verse is Mark chapter 2, verse 10. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy. When I began to study and prepare for this lesson, I began to see afresh and be reminded that we serve a great and mighty God. 
more than our minds can really comprehend the magnitude and the power of God and the power that He possesses. And so today you're going to hear about that. And I believe that there will be revelation that will flow through this lesson as we come to a full understanding of just how powerful our God really is. Jesus caused a stir in Capernaum the first time that he visited after beginning his earthly ministry. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 13, it records that he had recently moved to Capernaum. I've been to Capernaum. That became the home of Jesus Christ. And when he moved there on the first day or the first Sabbath, after arriving back in town, he and four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, went to the synagogue where Jesus would have the opportunity to open the Word and begin to teach. And it was, it was noted in Scripture that His teachings began to astonish those in their hearing. They had never heard anyone teach like He was teaching. Uh, but suddenly, Jesus was interrupted. A man cried out, but the voice was not just a mere human voice, but it was one uh, of, of a slight snarl or a demonic voice that shouted to Jesus and those that were gathered in that synagogue, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. The Holy One of God. That's Mark 21 and 24. When that demonic man or that spirit spoke through that man, he spoke words that caused that crowd to be stunned. And they were expecting, no doubt, a nice service at a synagogue, not an encounter with a demon. Hallelujah. But what they did not know, that the day was coming and the day was nigh that Jesus would set a precedent that he had all power in heaven and in earth. That when he spoke, even demons recognized who he was. Hallelujah. Jesus had already amazed the crowd by his teaching. He amazed them more with his power. I believe that needs to happen today in the modern apostolic church, uh, that we go beyond just hearing the Word of God. Uh, but I believe it's time for individuals and families and individuals uh, to not only be amazed at what He says through His Word, but what He does by His power. Hallelujah. We need an old-fashioned revival uh, of the power, the wonder-working power of the Lord. Somebody say amen. It was amazing that Jesus calmly looked at this man and commanded the demon, hold thy peace and come out of him. It was just that easy. Just hold your peace and come out of him. Immediately that demon came out. The crowd had never seen a man demonstrate such authority that even the demons would obey him. He was establishing, I'm more than just a man. I'm more than just a teacher. I'm more than somebody that's come to perhaps you think tickle your ears and, and, and read the law like you've heard week after week and Sabbath after Sabbath. But today I've come to establish there's a new authority in town. There's a new authority that's getting ready to be established in the synagogue. The demon would obey. 
do what it was told. And the congregation, I'm sure, had a lot to talk about when service dismissed that day. Jesus gave them more than just, just mere words and reciting things that they had heard so many times. When the service was over, he went to Peter's house and found Peter's mother-in-law sick in the bed with a fever. With a simple touch, Jesus healed her. So not only now in his earthly ministry are demons obeying him, but now diseases are obeying him. When he just speaks the word, when he shows up, miracles happen. One miracle after another miracle, news quickly spreads through those, that area in that region. But we walk into our text today. And after leaving Capernaum, Jesus would travel throughout Galilee, preaching in synagogues and casting out demons and healing the sick and just doing all manner of miracles. And finally, Jesus makes his way back to Capernaum. And I can only imagine the chatter when he would make his way back home. I don't know if it was a nosy neighbor who saw him walk through the, through the gate of the city. But news began to travel. You remember that man that come through a few weeks ago that healed the sick? You remember a few weeks ago when Jesus came to the synagogue and he cast out that devil? Well, I hear he's back in town. Before long, someone was knocking on the door of Jesus and then another and another. And the Bible would record so many people showed up to hear him that the crowd spilled out the door and into the street. Anyone else who showed up would just have to stand outside and wait for another day and another hour to hear Jesus. It almost felt like that way last night at the wedding. Brother Lockhart, I don't even think you were able to get a seat inside the wedding last night. The building was just packed. I can only imagine how it was when, on that day when Jesus began to teach and one after one began to show up. And before long, there was no room in the house. But the mistake happened when someone heard that the healer was in the house. The mistake happened when it got noised abroad. And I just wonder if that paralytic man missed his miracle opportunity when he was in town a few weeks earlier. And something on the inside of him said, I don't care what I got to do. I'm not going to miss my miracle moment on this day. And you've got to understand the desperation of someone uh, who had been paralyzed or, or depended on someone to carry them around. You know what? That can get old. Ain't that right, Sister Britt? Have a foot surgery and no weight bearing and have to be literally tended to through wheelchairs and crutches. And, but this man was even more different than that. This man had to be carried around by four friends. If he wanted to go somewhere, it took four to carry him around. But on this day, four of his friends knocked on his door and said, I don't know if you've heard, but Jesus is back. Brother Kuhorn, I, I hear Jesus is in the house. I hear Jesus is doing miracles. And something got a hold. These are the friends you want in your life. I said, these are the kind of people you want in your life when they know something is stirring, when they know something has happened that has the potential to change your life. They'll try their best to get you there no matter what it costs them. 
That's the kind of friends you want in your life. I can only imagine when they got to that door and they went into that living room and each one of those friends said, could this be the day, the last day we ever carry you somewhere? Because when they took the corner of that bed and carried him to the house where Jesus was, when they arrived, I just wonder if they heard the chatter going down the road. They heard a noise they had never heard, or it sounded a little different. And when they got there, the crowd was so, it was so vast that there was no room to even get him in. There was no, pardon me, let me go. Hey, I've got a man here that's been sick all of his life. He's paralyzed. Uh, we brought him this far. We need to get in the presence of Jesus. And you would have thought that there would have been an acknowledgement and said, y'all bring him on in. Y'all come on in. You can have my seat. There was no regard for the man who needed a miracle. When they arrived, the crowd wrapped around the house. I just wonder if the house had windows. I'm sure the windows was full. and There was people trying to just see and hear what would be next. And these men could get nowhere near Jesus. You can only imagine the disappointment. They did not wait for Jesus to finish teaching. They did not wait and try to shake his hand when he walked out the door and said, Hey, I've got somebody here that needs a minute. No, uh uh-uh. This was an opportunity that they would not let pass them by. They were determined to see their friend healed. They didn't know if this was the last time Jesus was going to come to the city. They didn't know if there would ever be another opportunity. And one of them, I, I just believe, noted, hey, there's some stairs on this side of the house. Why don't we go up on? You think we can get him up on top of this roof? Can you imagine? Imagine with me. Four grown men carrying a man up the steps without tripping, without falling, and getting him on top of the roof. Imagine with me the magnitude of the miracle. I think sometimes we forget what it took to get him on the roof. That's a miracle even in and of itself. But those four men, they begin to one step, a little slower, a little slower. Let's lift him up a little bit. And you know, if he weighed 100, 150 pounds, we don't know how much you weigh. But you try to carry 150 pounds, four men on a bed, up steps. But they get him to the roof. <laughs> and they say, how are we going to get what we're up here now? What do we do now? We're at the top. We're, we're up here. We can hear what's going on now. Oh, I just, oh, did somebody say they just, he just healed a blind man. Oh, Oh, I just heard them say, somebody just got healed of leprosy. I, I, I hear somebody that was deaf. They just, I can only imagine as they were on top of the roof what they were hearing that Jesus was doing in the house. But that fueled their determination that whatever he's doing in this house, I believe he can do it for me. You see, desperation in those four men and determination caused them to come up with an idea. This ain't my house. This is somebody else's house. But I don't care what I've got to do. I've got to get this man in the presence of Jesus. I just wonder if they sat there and tried to talk each other out of it or they just, you know what, we're, we're up here. We ain't leaving here the same way we came down or went up. You know, to some, the idea would be crazy. But they went for it. These four men began to tear and break off that roof 
They begin to peel a hole. You see, the typical roof in Israel, according to our lesson, was a flat roof. Wooden support beams were put in place and matted branches laid across those beams and a thick layer of clay almost making it a concrete uh, structure. Pile, that, that, that clay on top of those branches almost made it like a solid piece of concrete. They would have to make, can you imagine trying to break that open? I don't know if they had a hammer or a chisel, but you can imagine the noise. You can imagine the what in the world is going on in the roof? What are they, some, what's happening? We're waiting for another miracle. We're wanting, we're wanting Jesus to continue speaking and teaching, but all they can hear is, you've got to imagine this with me. Open your imagination. Go with me. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure, what was that? What's going on? It got in my hair. It messed my suit up. What happened? You can't tell me them, them banging and them trying to dig their way through that roof that some stuff didn't fall on some people. But finally, the sunlight escaped through that. It was a hole big enough to let a man down in a bed. So the hole had to be about, what, five, six feet tall? It wasn't just, wasn't just a little hole that, no, 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 no. It was large enough for one to be dropped down. I can, I can only imagine as they begin to let him down. I don't know if they had ropes, but I'm using my imagination. And they let that bed of that man down. And I can just see. I wonder if there was a smile on the face of Jesus. And he was looking. And he was nodding in approval. If you can get him down here, I'll heal him. If you can just get him down here, I'll heal him. I wonder if some in the room were laughing. I wonder if they were saying, these are a bunch of crazy lunatics. Who do they think they are? They should have got here earlier and got a seat and got, got in his presence. But now they done tore. I wonder if the homeowner was there and said, somebody's going to fix my roof before we leave here. I don't know what was said. But all I know is those four men got that man in the presence of Jesus, right in front of him. And according to Scripture, it may have happened after, but on, this was a first for Jesus. Never had anyone expressed such determination and faith to get to Jesus. Clearly, these men had great faith. Otherwise, they would not have done what they did. And Mark 2 and 5 said, when Jesus saw their faith. He did not immediately heal that man. He spoke something altogether unexpected to that paralyzed individual. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now that's, that's where we kind of get lost in the sins. We get lost in the shuffle when I came for a miracle. I came for my body to be healed. I came for my disease to be cleansed. I didn't show up for forgiveness. I showed up for healing. We cannot know what was going on in this unnamed man's heart. But Jesus' actions reveal man's greatest need is not physical healing, but spiritual healing. 
Some of you today, you may have came for a touch from the Lord in your physical body. But if what if God sent you here to, to handle a sin issue? What if God sent you here to handle an addiction issue? What if God sent you here and you think you came for one reason, but you didn't show up by accident? God's got a miracle that you not even planned on getting. But when you leave, you're going to see a manifestation of power unlike you ever have before. When you read this story, this man had been bound in bed for a long time, but his need to be right with God was greater than his need to walk. This paralytic could have remained paralyzed, but still be saved if his sins were forgiven. I don't know if you heard that. You can, you can remain paralyzed and still make it to heaven if your sins have been forgiven. But what good is it to have a miracle and not come to the realization and repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? You'll go to hell walking. You'll go to hell in, in, in what I would call good health. But what would have been gained if he had healed physically but lived and died unforgiven? Oh, help us today. Jesus later said these words, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? There's just some things in life that are more valuable. I want my miracle. I want my healing. But, Lord, I've got most of all, I, I've got to know I'm saved. I've got to know I'm filled with the baptism of the, I've got to know my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Man's, the man's soul was priceless to God. So Jesus dealt with his greater need first. Forgave his sins in response to his faith. Their faith got him in the room. But his faith activated something in Jesus that would say, Son, thy sins be forgiven you. See, what we don't understand is what got the man in the bed to start with. We don't understand the life that the man lived. There, there could have been all manner of situations that got him in the condition that he was in. But God wanted to go beyond what, the, what man could. I, I love the, the, the fact that God looks beyond the outer man. He looks beyond what man can see, and he says, I see something. I don't, I don't want to address the fruit. I want to address the root. I don't want to address what we see today. You're paralyzed. You've been dropped through a roof, and yes, everybody expects that. But they never expected Jesus to utter these words, Son, thy sins be forgiven you. We all have need. Some of us have great needs in this house today. And, and most of our needs are the needs that only God can meet. Some of us need healing in our bodies. And you've been to doctors and you take medicine. And, and you've been to multiple physicians and nothing seems to work. All of us need healing in our souls. It only comes through the forgiveness of our sins. We can all bring our needs to Jesus in faith, and he can meet any need, any need. And as apostolics, 
being like the apostles in the first churches they started. We believe and proclaim and pray for physical healing. Today we will have a miracle opportunity where we will lay hands on the sick. And according to scripture, according to scripture, Mark 16, 17 through 18, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We still believe in the power of prayer. We still believe in the laying on of hands. We still believe that when we pray, we pray, God answers our prayers. Mm. But when we look at Scripture, not only does it declare healing is possible, but also there are testimonies in this room right now. How many in this room would raise your hand and say, I am a miracle of the healing power of God. I've got a testimony of God's healing power. Do you see any hands lifted up all across this building? When we need healing in our bodies, we may bring that need to Jesus and believe he can heal us. And if the healing doesn't happen immediately, what do we do? We keep on praying. We keep on believing. According to the word, we will be asking, seeking, and knocking. If he don't answer the first time, Lord, I'm coming to you again. I'm coming to you again. Lord, I know what you can do. I believe whatever you're working in my life, whatever you're perfecting, whatever you're maturing, you're preparing me for my miracle. Could it be, I, I want to say this, may we have the same determination the paralytic and his friends had. I don't care what I got to do, I'm getting in his presence and I believe today could be my miracle opportunity. It may be difficult, it may be discouraging as I wait for my healing. But this is what I found that in the waiting, when I pray, I understand and I, I get a firm grip on the grace of God that keeps me looking in His Word, looking for that moment, and it forges and forms a relationship that I could not have had any other way. I found out storms make you pray more than good times. I found out crises make you lean on the unseen hand of God more than... The lean times, or the, the good times, I should say it that way. Sometimes God sends a little trouble in there so you get your, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I, I, I can't even live and breathe without you holding my hand. I, I, I had a fresh, I'll say epiphany. I, unfortunately, I had a cousin die on yesterday, or the day before on Friday. Uh, or was it yesterday? I'm, my days and nights are running but I got a call from my mother that my cousin and, uh, had passed away, a massive heart attack. And I said, refresh my memory how old Kirk was. And, and she said he was 54 years old. And I said, what? I, I always looked at him being much older than I was. And I said, Lord, I'll be 49 this year. That's not but five years older than I am. The brevity of life we're reminded of so quickly uh, that we better wake up and understand we need a Savior. We need God. We can't do this without Him. And today we sit and perhaps in certain circumstances, God has a different plan for us than healing us of a particular issue. Perhaps God has a different timing than ours. 
I don't understand these things, how God heals some and he don't heal others. While God delivers some and he don't others. It's difficult to imagine a scenario in which healing would not be in our best interest. When I was studying this, that, that, that one line, it's difficult to embrace. Why would God not heal me? Why is healing not in my best interest? Because from our perspective, healing is always best. But we know God's ways are higher than our ways. God knows what he's doing even when we don't. God will give us grace to keep our faith and believe he is still for us. And will accomplish his purpose and be glorified even through our afflictions. I've said this many times. I don't know. I don't know what's going to come my way, but I know what I've seen in others. And they give testimonies. Had I not went through chemotherapy, I would have never met those people that I sat next to. And while I was getting treatment, they were getting treatment. And I was able to share the love of God, and I was able to share my testimony, and I was able to... That would have never happened had God not sinned or God not allowed you to go through things. Could it be if we reverse and, and, and maybe change our thinking, maybe God has allowed some things to come our way uh, to be a testimony to somebody else? Uh, because at the end of the day, our lives are not even our own. We've been bought with a price. Uh, we're just here uh, to bring glory to God. So whatever your testimony is today, look for a way. Could this bring glory to God? Whatever the time, whatever the crisis, whatever the struggle, whatever the pain, Lord, I want to find a way to bring glory to you. That's why I've got to keep my spirit right. That's why I've got to keep my prayer life intact because I don't know who God's going to bring alongside of me in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the crises. And at the end of the day, we've got to be able to look. And we've got to be, Lord, I kept the right. I was able to share you today. I was able to connect with somebody that would have never been connected to me had I not went through what I went through. The story in Mark 2 teaches us the most essential need is salvation. We need to be forgiven of our sins. We need to be made alive through the gift of God's Holy, Holy Spirit. We must know Jesus and be in a right relationship with Him. We've got to know that. We can bring our needs to the Lord for healing. But through His grace and our faith, we will be made whole. We will be made whole. Coming to the the climax of our lesson today, when Jesus forgave the paralytic sins, he immediately felt inner freedom. Before he ever walked, there was liberation on the inside. There was a cleansing. He felt something he had never felt before. I truly believe that if he would have left on the bed, he would have been okay. I believe if he had never walked out of there, there was something that happened on the There was a joy in his heart that he had never felt before. Because not everyone there was overjoyed. Not everyone was excited that what was just told him. Some of the scribes who were experts in the law of Moses were shocked. 
when Jesus dared to pronounce, I forgive you or your sins be forgiven. Matter of fact, in their hearts they questioned and Jesus perceived it. Why does this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? They, they, wasn't, they wasn't understanding that. They weren't comprehending who was standing in their presence. You see, Jesus was presuming to do what only God could do. You're exactly right. How dare this blasphemer presume to act in God's stead and try to forgive sins? Who do you think he is? Just imagine how the scribes were talking that day. But what they didn't understand, Jesus knew what the scribes were thinking. And as he addressed them, he did not, he, he did not cut corners. He just said, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? Why, why are you reasoning with this, with what I just said? Jesus knew they were thinking what they were thinking. The Word of God teaches that no mere man could forgive sin. That was God's prerogative alone. And the scribes were right about that. But they were wrong that Jesus was blaspheming because they didn't understand who Jesus really was. They thought he was just a man. There's still some today that just think he was just a man. He was just a man. Who dare he claim to have the attributes of God? But what they did not understand, that he was the Son of God. He was God manifest in the flesh who exercised all the authority of God. And Paul would write, in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He would answer the question when Philip would ask, show us the Father. And Jesus would say, how long have I been with you, Philip? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. When you get this revelation, when you get this understanding, you realize that he has the authority to forgive sin. Jesus knew they would not believe that the paralytic sins were forgiven. He knew that. So what he did for that man's behalf, he worked another miracle for the glory of God. Jesus proposed a simple test. Is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know. Somebody hold my mule. But that ye may know. I already know. I know who I am. But you still have some doubts in your heart. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. I'm fixing to prove to you. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine own house. Mm -hmm. So what he did, that man got a two-for-one miracle. Two-for-one. He got his sins forgiven. That's the greatest miracle of all. And then he got his body made whole. And when he took up his bed and walked, I just believe that the crowd gasped. And right before their eyes, that paralytic now, a former paralytic stood up. 
He said, I don't know about y'all, uh, but I know who he is. I've got a revelation today. You see, you can't argue with somebody uh, who's experienced this. You can't argue with somebody uh, who's had their sins forgiven uh, and their record washed white uh, and their body made whole. You can't argue with that. You know he's a healer. You know he's a redeemer. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to some ex-drug addicts in this house. I'm preaching to some that have been bound by alcohol. I'm preaching to those that were bound by addictions. But one day, Jesus stepped into your life and said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Thy sins be forgiven. And for many of you, for many of you, he did what he did for that man. There's been healing in your body. Lungs that ought to have diseases in them because of poor choices. God said, you know what? I'm going to strengthen them lungs and I'm going to give you a few extra years. That heart that ought to be wore out by now, but I, you turned your life. I, I, I'm going to increase your years just a little. Uh -huh. You see, he's still in the miracle working business. He's still in the miracle work. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them. I love that, that portion of Scripture. And went forth before them all. That means everybody in that room witnessed what happened that day. Everybody, he's, I, I just wonder if he had a little Holy Ghost swag when he went by. Mm, I know the man, I know the man, I know the man from Galilee. I just wonder if he had a little pep in his step when he, and when he went back to his house and he went around the community and he would begin to tell that story. I remember one day that my best friends, we got to the house and it was full. We went up the side of that house, up them steps. They liked to drop me two or three times, but when we got up there, we started, they started beating and banging and they dropped me down through the hole in the roof. And Jesus performed a miracle and healed. I just wonder how you would respond today if God did a miracle in your body. I don't think this man just calmly walked out of that house and went home. I believe he had a leap. I believe he had a dance. And when he headed out that door and headed home, it was rejoicing in the city, praising God. I'm going to come to a quick close. In this amazing miracle, we see that Jesus was not just a man, but was God revealed in flesh. If there was ever a doubt in your mind on the Godhead, the oneness of God, this ought to clear it up right here. If he was just a man and there was no deity in the body of Christ, he could not have said, thy, sons be, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because no man could do that. That should clear it up for you right there. That Jesus was the God, God manifest in flesh. The deity in Christ in two main ways by direct statements that testify Jesus was God in flesh and by examples of Jesus doing and saying things only God could do and say 
it reveals who he really was. In this case of the paralytic, we see Jesus doing and saying something only God could do or say. If Jesus had just healed the man, that would not prove he was God in flesh. Because God can use us to lay hands on the sick. And by no means are we divine. But in this story, this is a revelation. Jesus forgiving this man's sins and then healing him of his paralysis confirmed the deity of Christ. This man's physical healing helped prove his spiritual healing. Jesus has the power to forgive, not as a man, but as God in flesh. Oh. I will trust God as this man did to forgive all my sin. I'm glad I can stand before you at 1041 and we're getting ready to transition that Jesus is still in the sin forgiving business. You may have walked into this house today and you may think, God, can he forgive me of my sin? Well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. You don't know the sins I've committed. Whatever you've done, the price he paid on Calvary was enough to cover your sin. Your faith in the finished work of the cross, your faith in that Christ rose from the dead on the third day, your faith in him alone will cause you to repent of your sin. To be baptized in Jesus' name and for him to deposit the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life. And the peace that was absent, he now becomes the Prince of Peace. The sin, the sin issue that you struggled and you dealt with, now you have the power to live victorious in this present world. This is not just some fictitious story that, that happens or it happened in the book of Acts. It, it, it's happening today. It's happening in witnesses all across this room right now. And I say to us today, if you are in need of a Savior, He's here. If you're in need of a miracle, He's here. And to confirm it, we're going to see the miraculous take place throughout the course of this service and throughout the course of our worship as you stand all over this place. I want to ask us as a, as a church... May we never take for granted the mercy and grace that has been granted to us. May the mercy and grace that's been bestowed upon us, may we bestow that upon someone else. May we share the testimony of grace to someone. Can we be a witness unlike we have ever been a witness before? Somebody's depending on you. Somebody's depending on you to hear, I can make it. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was bound, but now I'm free. Oh, just to know someone has been where you are and has made it. Or let me say it this way, this way or is making it. Gives me the courage to get up one more time and get back in the fight. I can do this. I can become. Why? Because he has the authority to forgive. 
Lord, I thank you for this lesson. I thank you for what we have experienced. I thank you, Lord, for what we're going to experience over this quarter, over the series of lessons that we're going to experience. Lord, we thank you. We thank you because you have all power in heaven and in earth. May you go with us into our next service. May you anoint the singers and the musicians. May there be a worship in this house that would ascend as, as a pleasant savor in your sight, O oh God. We will give you glory, praise, and honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Would you use the next few minutes to connect with someone? If you see someone you don't know, introduce yourself. Be kind. Be friendly. And we will join together for our 11 o'clock worship service. Come ready for what God's going to speak in that.